When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, uh, if you're expecting Tommy, you're going to be disappointed because me and Andre don't bicker. <laughs> oh, we're going to bicker on this one. Are we, Andre? No, no. Not we, much. We just got back from Chicago from the 2021 Auto Show, yes. and we're going to give you the hottest and the not-so-hot vehicles that we saw. So, you yes. know, the uh, let's call it the home runs and the strikes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And the reason Andre's here is because, well, we didn't want to do... Two recaps. There, you know, is two podcasts right there. Yeah. Is talking trucks and then there's talking cars or car talk. Uh, and uh, we thought, well, let's just put it all into one podcast. So we're going to be talking about trucks, and that's why Andre's here. Yes, and uh, it's good that the auto show season is now on. Yeah, fully, completely. Yeah. So yes. l- let's start with the hits, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think I think the showstopper from the car point of view uh, must have been the new uh, Kia. EV6. And by the way, guys, if you want to see our videos of these new vehicles, just go over to TFL Now. We, I think we did how many? Ten videos, Andre? Yeah, well, there's about eight of them on TFL Now, and then there's at least one on TFL Truck, because we also did the F-150 Lightning, uh, another video there. So yeah, we worked hard, Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, so if you're wondering what an EV6 is, well, it's It's obvious. right there. Well, if you're watching this, you could see it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's basically Kia's version of the Ionic 5. And then, of course, that brings up the question, what's an Ionic 5? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Kia's latest architecture uh, for electric vehicles. You know, uh, I went and did a video on the Ionic 5 uh, recently in uh, California. And I got to say, uh, Kia is really and Hyundai, uh, taking it to the next level with these electric cars. You know, Tesla came out with the first Model S. It must have been almost 10 years ago. And they brought a lot of innovation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like over-the-air updates. You know, it was fast, luxurious, uh, well, and yeah. also charged relatively well. Right. Well, it's electric. Yeah. And, you know, there was just a lot of stuff that the auto industry had never seen before. So things like, you know, you buy it direct from Tesla and yeah. you buy it online. Right. Uh, and, you know, the car updates itself and actually becomes quicker. Right. Yeah. And, Overnight. And, and you get rid of every button except for a few and use a giant screen. Now, all that over the last 10 years has kind of merged its way into mainstream automotive world, right? Yeah. Uh, but with these two cars, I think uh, Hyundai and Kia are, pa- not, I wouldn't say passing, but certainly pushing the boundaries of what an electric car should be. Uh, so let's talk about the Ionic 5 because, well, that's the one that this is based on. 
One of the coolest features there is this ability for you to plug in an inverter into the charging port and then do things like power well, your refrigerator or a coffee maker or you know anything that runs on 120. You mean like a new hybrid truck from Ford? Yeah, but... <laughs> But this is an electric vehicle. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. No, you know what? I, Ionic 5, I actually really like the way it looks. Yeah. It kind of looks like a hot hatch. Yeah. You know, it's got that hatch form, but it's also larger in person, and tell me if I'm wrong, than you would think. Because when I think hot hatch, I think about like a VW GTI. Uh, but this, and also the Kia EV6, when you come up to it, it's really wide and actually, you know, great looking in my opinion, and kind of big. Yeah, so the, the cool thing about both these cars is they're based on this new architecture, which is actually pretty cool. So the wheelbase on the EV6 is actually longer than a Range Rover. So it's super long and it's super wide, mm -hmm. which means it's super roomy. So it's and also like super handling, in theory. Well, we don't know. Right, we haven't driven it. We haven't driven it, but it's kind of more like, you know, most cars are like a pentagon, not a pentagon, a rectangle. Uh, these are more like a box when you look at the way, you know, as wide as they are. Uh, and then I got to tell you, Andre, I think they just knocked it out of the ballpark with styling on the EV6. Look, look, how, look how cool that looks. I mean, look at all those angles and, uh, you know, it almost looks like a sports car. What it, it in fact is, you know, a sports sedan. Yeah, and also it's got, it basically has a hatch in the back and it does have this swoopy roof. And yeah, I think the design, is, including the inside of it, and the outside and all the lights and all the features and they're quoting some really impressive high charging rates right where you can get like you know up to 80 percent of charge or up to 80 percent in about what like 15 or 18 minutes or something? yeah you know this is important because we also had that same number thrown at us at the ford we'll be talking about the <laughs> lightning the maverick yeah. uh, because we, we you know we got to check those out too but i am uh, actually quite uh miffed about what they're doing now. So what the manufacturers have decided to do is instead of actually talking about the real charge rate, so the way you fast charge or DC charge a vehicle is based on kilowatts, mm -hmm. right? So uh, anything from like 50 to like the fastest charging cars are now like 270 kilowatts. And that's a number, that's how much electricity you're running into the battery at any given time. Like instantly, yeah, right, that's right. what it's receiving. Right, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so th that's a very quantifiable number uh, and it's a number that you can compare. So it's like a zero to 60 number, right? And of course, the, the, the higher the kilowatt rate, uh, the faster it charges, mm -hmm. the less time you spend, uh, you know, at the Flying J trying to figure out what iced tea you want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, but, now they've decided to do this instead, right? And, and Ford did the same thing. They'll say, like, the Ford Lightning, which is their new electric F-150, which we'll talk about in a sec, uh, will be able to get 180 miles of range in 15 minutes, right? So, so imagine, yes. like, translate that to going to the gas pump and what, what they're really saying. Imagine if a manufacturer said, instead of, you know, uh, it'll take, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, two minutes, Instead of like giving you an MPG number, right? What they would do is they would come to you and they would say, the Ford F-150 can get 400 miles of range after only two minutes of filling it up. <laughs> right? You'd be like, what does that mean? How many gallons is that? Well, but here's the Doesn't thing. Doesn't define anything. Well, here's the thing. No, I, I disagree to the next time because because electric charging is very quite complex. Okay. Right. So you would say you would think if they'd set 150 kilowatt a DC charge rate for quick fast charging, that they will be like level always 150, right? right? But it goes up and down, can ramp up, it can ramp down. So if you were at a diesel pump and your nozzle was changing in size dynamically. 
Anyway, uh, I, I think... But nobody would put up with that, right? You wouldn't be like, if a, if a manufacturer rep said, you can get 200 miles of range after only 45 seconds, seconds of, <laughs> of filling. filling. That, that's useless. That means nothing to me. Instead, no. instead of saying you can get this many gallons in, right, or this is the size of the fuel tank, which is actually the size of the battery, right, if we're extending that analogy, that's the size of the, you know, the size of the fuel tank would be directly equivalent to the kilowatt hours of an electric car's battery. Yeah, but the gallon doesn't mean much to me. I want to know how far it can go. Yeah, and that, that's, and you how? want to know how fast it can charge, right? So that's when that kilowatt number becomes important. I don't know if we're going to agree on this. Okay, right? that's fair. <laughs> I just think it's marketing mumbo-jumbo. But it's very complicated. I agree with you there because, uh, you know, uh, 25 MPG, I can understand that. But, I can compare it to something else. But it's, it's actually relatively straightforward, right? What? So uh, let, let, me, let me help our viewers here, right? So if you're charging at 50 kilowatts, yes. then, you know, if you want to charge twice as fast, how fast would you have to charge? At 100. But what happens Four times after as fast. Okay, but but, but, but what does that mean to me? Uh, can I go across country well, because well, sure, after because, that, okay, so, or can I go down the street? So what that means is, right, that charging curve yes. is directly, so there's a curve when cars, electric cars charge, and usually the last 20% takes the longest. But that means that, let's say the car is capable of charging, let's pick a number, which they never do, but let's say it's capable of charging at 250 kilowatts, right? Uh, as that curve goes down, then that number goes down as well. So you might be at 250 kilowatts until 80%, ideally, and then you would drop to, you know, 200, 150, 100. And so that, that number directly equates to how much energy is going into the car versus some kind of, you know, this ethereal number as how long it's going to take you to get this many miles. And the other problem with that number, Andre, is, you know, we just drove a Porsche Taycan from California to here. Yeah. We, you know... So Porsche will say, you can get 150 miles in 10 minutes. But we were barely able to get 70 kilowatt charging rates on most of the chargers we stopped at, even though they were capable of 350. And then the problem, of course, is even harder because you don't know if it's – there's a handshake that takes place when you charge a car between the charger and the car, right? And so you don't know if the car is saying, hey, my batteries aren't warm enough or, you know, I can only take in this much energy. Or the charger is like, hey, I only have this much energy I can give you because, you know, we're being throttled because of whatever. Yeah. So you, you don't know which one it is. Yeah, but but it's also it's complicated. It, it is complicated, but then again, you know, if you're telling me 100 kilowatts is your maximum speed at this moment, uh, I also need to know what my battery size is. Let's say it's 100 kilowatt hours. So if you're maintaining a 100 kilowatt charge rate for an hour, you'll be full. Right. Right. So let's just say that's the easiest way. Okay. Yeah. Just I agree. just just know what your yeah. battery is. Uh, if it's 100 kilowatt hours, you'll know that DC charging at 100 kilowatts. And if you're sitting there for an hour, you'll be full. I guess, anyway, the, the reason I jumped off on this is you said it's got a very fast charge rate. Yes. But I have learned to take that number with a huge grain of salt. I've been in enough electric car launches now to know that the manufacturer will say, this can charge in 15 minutes and give you 800 miles of range. And then you <laughs> actually get to the, the you know charging station, it's, and it's sipping in electricity at 50 kilowatts. And you're like, where is that 800 miles of range in 15 minutes? No, it's not realistic at this point. Right. 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 Anyway, so sexy, fast... Um, certainly the first 
electric car that has taken it to Tesla in any kind of serious manner, right? Where that was the GT that we were looking at, which is, by the way, coming out sometime next year. Mm -hmm. uh, the Attic 5 is coming out first. Uh, uh, and, of course, the Hyundai and Kia don't want to compete against each other, so they're going to give some time before the Attic 5 comes out and then the EV6. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm really excited by both cars. Um, so coming soon. Uh, another, of course, interesting car that, uh, that everybody was – well, I wouldn't say talking about, and I'm not sure, this, I wouldn't say this is a hit or a miss, this is somewhere in between. Uh, Jeep rolled out their new Compass. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, we're debating whether it's a refresh or an all-new vehicle. Yeah, we have a video, actually, uh, we showed also on TikTok. Yeah, also on TikTok. Yeah, yeah we got um, I would call it a refresh. Yeah, because the exterior, I'm looking at it over my shoulder, uh, but you'd be hard-pressed to tell the old one from the new one. I think the exterior is uh, very similar to what it was. I think it's still quite attractive uh, crossover, but they did a lot of work on the inside, right? Yeah, that, that's where it, yeah. Yeah, the, the inside is like Stellantis it's nice. now. It's nice. Former FCA has been really hitting me out of the ballpark when it comes to interiors. Uh, and by the way, I want to thank Jeep for lending us a Jeep Grand Wagoneer L that we drove around. Grand Chicago. Cherokee. Yeah, Grand Cherokee L. Yes. Well, yeah. The, the Grand Wagoneer comes a little bit later. Yeah, I said, oh, I said Grand Wagoneer. <laughs> I'm already getting <laughs> the, the two confused. Get rid of the Grand. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Grand Cherokee L. Uh, thank you, Jeep. Thank you, Jim Morrison, for letting us drive that around. It was great. I got to go up to my favorite wing place, Buffalo Joe's in Evanston. I went to Northwestern. I used to live there. And it's incredible that 30 years later, Buffalo Joe's has not changed, dude. And not Andre had wings. And yeah, I was there with you. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. The, the, the sauce on the wings was just right. And, of course, the fries, the waffle fries. Uh, king of fries, Andre. Yeah, yeah. Waffle, uh, do you agree? Waffle fries, you know, I, I think if you were to rate fries, you know, the Freddy string fries are my least favorite because I like ketchup, and you cannot get ketchup on those things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so thin and tiny. It's just a smattering of ketchup. Then you get into, like, uh, the next is are those big, uh, like, uh, like, steak fries. Steak fries, yeah. Yeah, they're too big. That's like eating a potato. <laughs> then you get into crinkle fries. Yes. And then, of course, McDonald's fries are pretty much the perfect fry. Except for the waffle fry, which is a Chick-fil-A and Buffalo Joe's, the king of fries. Yeah. That, that is a perfect implement for getting as much ketchup as I like <laughs> my fries. Are, are we veering too far from the car world? This is life blog, lifestyle blogging now. All right. All right now, this one, I'm going to go with this one being a bit of a miss, okay? And once again, we did a video on it. And I'm, of course, talking about the new package, the new Extreme Recon package they put really? on the Wrangler. You're, you're saying it's a bit of a miss? I think the branding is a miss, yeah. So, Ooh, so let's talk about what it is. Okay. And, and I think it's a miss because we profiled the 392 with it. Uh, and and it, we couldn't tell. And we couldn't tell. It's a, unless you look at it and you can actually see the 35s, right? And then, then there's a, the only way you can really tell that this has... So basically the Bronco is coming from the factory with 35s. Let's do a little bit of background. That's the Sasquatch package. Right. And, yes. and, and so now Jeep had to, Wrangler had to compete with that. So they came out with a package where you can get 35s from the factory. Uh, but there's no real like branding on it. Basically what, what you get are 35s. You get uh, well, like diff different shock. It's a small lift, small right? like lift, like inch, two inch one lift, inch lift, yeah, and and also a four fifty six gear uh, axle ratio. Yep, uh, just to make sure you know it's geared. Be keep of the wheels, I think, is one of a, yep. one of the options. Yep, uh, and then the only way you can tell, besides looking at the fact that they're thirty fives, is there's this little like lip on the outside of the wheel well 
boiler. What do you call that? The fender the flare. The fender, yeah. Because you, you can't, you can't, you know, the wheels are wider, so you have to have a little bit more like coverage to protect the, the spray. Body. And yeah. it's illegal, actually. It's right. a, it's a regulation thing. Yeah, but but nowhere does it say. I mean, it doesn't say X. It doesn't say extreme. Right. It's really weird. It doesn't say recon. Um, and the Jeep we actually profiled, which was this blue one that you can see on TFL Now channel, that was, you know, that was like the extreme, the most, the ultimate Wrangler, because not only did it have the 392, the big Hemi uh, 6.4 liter, 470 horsepower, it also had the extreme package on it, the recon package with 35s. And yes, the branding is weird. The name is weird itself. Um, and, uh, but, how much would this cost? That's seventy-seven grand for the V8 Wrangler plus about four grand for the package for the tires. Seventy-seven is that's the starting price of the yes. ninety-two. You're in the eighties. No, you're in the hundreds when you add the twenty thousand dollar <laughs> dealer markup. Oh wow! I know, I know. It's it's absolutely crazy right now. What's happening with new car prices, uh, especially with hot new car prices? Uh, so let's keep going. Um, Another miss, I think, um, and this is this isn't really Ford's fault. So it, the car is a hit, but because of the way the world works now, I'm going to call this a miss. So Ford had the latest Heritage Edition livery uh, GT. I'm talking about the supercar, right? That Ford rolled out a few years ago. Ford GT, yes. Ford GT, uh, and of course the way they rolled it out, and this is why I think the car is a miss because I love actually having cars as cars and not cars as commodities or as works of art, right? So they rolled this car out and then uh, you had to qualify, so you had to go to Ford, and then you had to basically agree that you wouldn't resell it. Then, of course, John Senna got one and resold it right away and got in a, uh, a, a lawsuit, which he eventually won. Uh, but, the, you know, there are people buying these cars, and nothing, this, this has nothing to do with actually the car itself, right? Whether the car is any good, whether it's any quick, you know, the, the things I've seen and read about it are there's not enough legroom in the wheel well. Right, that, uh, that, that's that's the biggest criticism I've seen. It's a, it's a strikingly beautiful. Dude, uh, I I had an opportunity to drive one of these, not the heritage models, right? But I went to uh, the Woodward uh, Dream Cruise. Talk to me about it. <laughs> I had no this, clue. This was two years ago. Get you, out. you remember this? I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, our friends at Ford, you know, they had a booth there, and yeah. uh, I was able to get into one. And dude, it was. Uh, so quick, you, you, well, you cannot drive it on a boulevard because you're going instantly, you're going 60 miles an hour and you want to go faster because the car is so capable. Yes, it's a little bit tight. You know, I'll, you know I'm about 6'2", just a little bit over that and it's a little bit tight, but it was an amazing experience. Then I turned it into track mode. And by the way, Gian, one of the representatives from Ford was sitting next to me because this car is about $400,000. We don't know, there was no price. We don't know. Well, we, we don't we, know we, on this one. We, we asked actually all the Ford people how much and they, it Nobody knew. Nobody knew how much it cost. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, well, because it's priceless. <laughs> and, and the, okay, so you uh, keep going with your story. So, so one, one more thing I'll tell you about the story. I put it into track mode, and then we went in these kind of a winding road. We went north, so out of town uh, from Woodward, and uh, I forgot I was in track mode. I was just having fun, you know, the yeah. sound, the acceleration, it was amazing Eco-boost, to drive. 3.5 it's it's a twin turbo engine, yes. 600 horsepower, if I remember right. Plus, it's Plus, like yeah. over 650 maybe, yeah. And there's little overcrest, I was coming Did up jump on it? this hill. No, and it got a little bit loose. And, and I was able to bring it in, it yeah. was very controllable. But in the back of my head, I, I was thinking, because like the traction control is disabled, basically, yeah. in track mode. In the back of my head, I was thinking, 
wow, what are you doing, Andre? Why? <laughs> so, so I'm jealous, Andre. Yes. I'm very jealous. But here's why I think it's a miss, okay? Uh, the problem with that car is it's no longer a car. Right? People don't drive them uh, because it's worth a lot more than what Ford is selling it for. And I don't know how a manufacturer deals with that. Maybe you up the price, but even with this you know, weird contract where you have to be approved to buy one, right? the problem is we know people, actually I know two people own one, uh, and I've asked both of them whether they drive it. Uh, and these are both kind of people in my business. And for the most part, one barely drives it and one kind of drives it. Because the problem in a nutshell is the second you put miles on it, you're taking value out of it. So I, I just don't get the point of a car that you know isn't you such an drive. investment yeah. that you don't drive. It, then you, It's not a car anymore. It's like a bar of gold and you're waiting for the price of gold to go up. Yeah, I, I agree. Just, yeah, just just get the gold or whatever you want. But you know, if you can't drive the car, if 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 Ford built this incredible supercar and all it is is like stored in people's garages or in museums, and then every so often it makes an appearance at like one of the auctions, right? Or at Woodward in this case. Or Woodward, or maybe at like uh, Pebble Beach. What's the point of it? If you if you can't drive it, if you can't share it, if you can't you know experience it for what it is i mean if, i don't think anybody's tracking them god help you right which is what they're built for yes so I'm, I'm like i'm like i don't know at that point ford maybe they should just maybe what ford should do and ford knows better i have no clue is just you know put a million dollar price tag on it and say whoever wants it buy one from now on and i think people will probably yeah yeah but yes. but like this thing where you got to get approved uh, and the reason yeah, you gotta get approved no. is so that because it's supposed to be like a showpiece for Ford, so they want people with, with like a like a audience or you know, or some sort of status or some or sort of status or something. I don't, I don't the get whole it. The, the well, whole thing is feels very un-American to me. You know very unFord like. But also Ferrari does stuff like this, right? Right. Where you, where you have to own another Ferrari in order to buy the next Ferrari, and how do you get the Ferrari? It just it just seems it like just, it's it 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 does it's not on brand, right? So to me, Ford has always, and I think it's this way in the UK and the rest of the world, has always been the everyman car, right? Henry Ford, you know, basically brought the car to the price, masses, yeah. to the masses, and now we've got this car that is available only to a select few who then don't drive it, who then only exchange it among themselves or among <laughs> richer versions of themselves. Yes. And to me, that that that's that's you know, it's a beautiful car. I, I guess, I guess you know, if you can let the free market be the free market for, put them two million dollar price tag on and sell it, you know, so so at least you're recouping all the money you're putting into building it. I, I don't think you're hurting um, your brand, uh, but I don't think you're helping your brand either. It's still a gorgeous car. It's a beautiful car, yeah. All right, uh, let's keep going with some of the other cars. Yeah. Um, so the other one that, that actually you know is very near and dear to my heart, and this is the first time I actually got hands-on with it and I got to sit in it, is, of course, the Prototype Z. Oh, yes. Um, and now the thing about the Prototype Z is Nissan confirmed to us uh, that it's 95% of the new Z. So of the production much, version. Yeah, you're looking at the production version, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that they knocked out of the ballpark. Uh, for a long time, the 350, the 370 has kind of been dying on the vine, right? I don't think Nissan has put their best or brightest engineers on it. The GT got all the limelight. Uh, but this Newsy is spectacular. It's being unveiled at the um, at the New York Auto Show. In August, mid-August. In August, so yeah. we're very close to it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the car, especially in that yellow, is just spectacular. If I could have, I would have bought one right there on the spot. But we don't know <laughs> But it's power. not for sale yet. It's not for sale. We don't know the power. We don't know the horsepower number. That's yet to be unveiled. But as a as a Z, I think it's kind of brought it back to what a Z should be, which is you know the ultimate sports car that's built by Nissan. Long hood. Uh, I would have loved it's, to see it's a straight really six. sexy. It's yeah. a V6 twin turbo. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and unlike the GT86, 
uh, we recently saw in uh, a Texas in Plano at Toyota uh, uh, headquarters or more importantly, uh, the Supra. Right. I actually fit. Me and you actually fit. Right. We both sat yeah. in it, and we had enough headroom and enough shoulder room. Andre's six three. I'm six two. Quite yeah. astounding. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool car, and I, I cannot wait to see the production version and learn exactly what the power numbers are. There's a lot of guessing on on this, right? Some people are saying you know 400 horsepower. Some people are saying less or more. Uh, the price is still not you know published publicly. But it's kind of a, what do you think about this? Because it's a beautiful car, it's got lots of heritage and history, but it's a gasoline-powered I would have gone all EV if, if I was Nissan. It's but a gasoline-powered coupe it's a whole in this com- climate. Yeah, it's a whole other conversation. Yeah. I would have gone EV and just, you know, taken it to the next level. It's going to go there anyway, so might as well be the first to be there. I, as far as I know, uh, outside of like the the the, uh, the, Rem- the Remac, right? Remac? Remac. Remac, Remac yeah. yeah, you know, the... the, the, the European car company, uh, the Navara, the new version of, I think it's the, used to be called the C2. There are no electric sports cars that you can buy, except for the Roadster. Well, well the Tesla Roadster. Yeah, but that one's not available yet. The first, yeah. the first one, but they only sold like 1,800 well, of them. Well, how do you find, define sports car? Are you talking about two doors? I'm talking about two-door sports yeah. car. There are no, there are no electric sports cars, unless you're talking about the hypercars, which I don't want to talk about, or the Roadster. So, you know, the manufacturers are always looking for white space. There you have it. Yeah, Nissan could have been the first to. But anyway, I don't care. It's it's it, it's beautiful. It's sexy, and I certainly want one. Uh, so that's definitely a hit. Uh, I, I, Andre, I'm going to yes. say the biggest miss of the entire show. Yeah, what's that? Was a show. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Chicago. Uh, you're my hometown. I love the show. You know, I used to go there as a kid because in the middle of winter, uh, it was just brilliant to get and check out new cars when everything was dark and cold and frozen tundra in the middle of February. Uh, but now. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Andre, but it was the exact opposite. So, uh, first of all, uh, I think because of COVID, we got to give them a break. But nevertheless, I think we have to talk about it. So, I'm going to give you a break. It's funny. It's, it's, fu- it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny. It, it was like trying to film literally in the middle of a train station. All I was expecting was like, uh, train to Berlin, leaving track four now. <laughs> Not only were they building the show as we were trying to like film and look at new cars and cars were being available. Right. Literally building it, right? So, every two minutes, there was... You know, one of those a cherry pickers moving, <laughs> and not just like, but I don't want to do it as loud as possible. But you know, can you imagine it? Then every when those weren't going off, car alarms were going off. Yes. So it was drills. Like, yeah, drills. Drills were going off. And I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I was so hot, middle of summer, Chicago, 100% degree of humidity, and they didn't turn the air conditioning on. So it, it got so bad, Andre, that it got funny because I was like, I, you, you were sweating. You, you had, I was, I you was had your jacket, jacket on. Yes. You, you had to take it off immediately. Yes. You couldn't. You couldn't. It was I like, sweated about nine times. 90 degree degrees in, in the show on the show floor. <laughs> and so, then, and then, ironically, right. Like at two o'clock, for some reason, they decided that it, it was like so hot that people would start spontaneously combusting. <laughs> that they didn't turn the air conditioning on, but they turned these massive fans on in the roof. There's like seven foot wide, massive fans. So then it was like trying to film videos in the middle of the busiest Berlin train station next to the local airport. Yes. It, it was just. It was like a jet engine taking off. It was. It, it was. It was mind-boggling, and we were like, we were just like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. Can I say something? Yes. So first of all, uh, COVID is to blame. 
Yes. Right, because normally the show is in February and it takes many, many weeks to prepare it and set it up. They had to squeeze it into July uh, between other shows and other things that were happening. So they actually allowed the journalists to come in while they were building it. And they were worried. Remember, they told us to only walk in a certain places. Yeah, they're going to hurt us. I'm they're like, going to hurt us. Why do you want to hurt people in the middle of COVID? Don't you want the opposite? Be because, but it was because they were afraid things would fall on our heads from construction crews building... I don't know, lights and all this stuff in their studios. So, so you know, Ugh. let's face it. Even before COVID, the auto show was dying a slow death, right? <laughs> uh, if an auto manufacturer wanted to unveil a new car at an auto show, it was like a million dollars. At least. At least, yeah. Minimum. Uh, and um, I was doing a little bit of thinking. I was like, how would I reinvent the auto show, right? And I had one, one brainstorm. Okay, what is, what is it? Uh, get better food. <laughs> If you're going to have people, don't get those, like, crappy five-day-old hot dogs that you have to stand in line for, right? Yeah. I, 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 you know, it, it could be, like, a culinary and automotive experience. But but every auto show I've ever been to, the food is beyond bad. And yeah. you have to fight like for it. It's like cafeteria food, basically. Yeah. And yeah, so come on, auto shows. So yeah. If nothing else, improve the, the food. It can't be that hard to have, like, food that people would actually look forward to. Imagine, like, hey, cool cars and good food as opposed to cool cars and cold fries. And no air conditioning. And no air conditioning. <laughs> By the so, way, if you're going there, or you probably already went because this is right after the show, uh, the show is going to be air conditioned. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Yes. But for us, it wasn't. For yet. us, it wasn't. We hope. Maybe they won't. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're afraid of spreading COVID around. <laughs> they're killing it with temperature? Well, well, the thing about this podcast is by the time that this airs, the show will be over, Andre. Well, why don't we launch it sooner? Uh, I think people in Chicago know the show's happening. Okay. And they, we've got 10 videos from the show <laughs> that already are helping to promote it. So I think we've done it. So, dude, a, we, before we get to trucks, I really want to talk about trucks. Yeah, but, but there's another car. There's two more cars. Two, there's two more cars. Two more cars. And this is, this is, I'll, this, I'll, let you, I'll let you talk about them because for those I, of you who don't know, Andre's I'm a, fan. a big Volkswagen fan. So why yes. don't you talk about, and are they hits or misses? Let me know. What do you think? Ooh, okay. Tell so, me two cars and if they're hits or misses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the brand new 2022. This is Mark 8. Mark 8, yeah. Uh, VW GTI and VW Golf R. Basically, they're high-performance cars, and uh, I'm going to pull up an Im image in a second. Um, but I was worried. Okay, going into the show, I knew we were going to see the new Mark 8 GTI. I used to have a Mark 4 Golf, as you know. I also owned an Audi 5000 in the past, the Quattro. I've owned the GTI. I'm sorry. I owned a VW um, Jetta GLI mm -hmm. uh, Mark II for a little while. I'll talk for a little bit. You find them. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, Unfortunately, for all of you golf fans, Volkswagen is not bringing in the Golf. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's not selling well enough, but they are bringing in the two hot hatches. So you can get a GTI and you can get a Golf R. Uh, and pricing-wise, if I want to say the uh, Golf GTI is 30K, right? Just it starts under, at 30 and goes starts higher. Starts at 30, and then the Golf R starts at about 45. Yeah. Uh, and there yeah. you have it. And the, so this is the GTI. And we saw it. And the reason why I was worried, in the picture, like this picture you see behind us here, um, it's, I, I'm not in love with the styling. It looks a little like down, the nose is kind of pointing down, it's got small headlights. 
and I was worried, but in person, I, I was. It actually looked better than I expected. Well, you don't see the little LED lights that light up underneath. There's yeah, it has honeycomb. like little fog lights also. Yeah, yes. a little honeycomb. There's like little four little lights. That they're also replicated in the tail of the vehicle. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I thought. Do you in like the style? Yeah, I thought in person they were brilliant. Uh, I sat behind the wheel. That wheel is exactly what I would want: thick and meaty. Uh, you know, they've gone to now, of course, the touchscreen, and they've gone to this little like toggle switch, which is really weird uh, for the um, uh, automatic transmission. But you can get them either in manual or automatic. So if you don't want the little weird toggle switch, get you can get a six-speed. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I would if it was in Colorado. I, I thought they were brilliant. I thought they were hits. Uh, we haven't driven them, but just from sitting behind the wheel and looking at them. I'd probably go for the GTI uh, if I weren't in Colorado. In Colorado, you do need the all-wheel drive, but you know they're they're the right size. German built. Maybe I'm just getting old and fat, Andre. But every car I get into now, <laughs> it seems like I don't fit. And but it's 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 not my like my belly. It's my head, right? I just can't get comfortable. I have this weird like tall body with short legs. And and usually German cars are built for taller people. But these cars, yeah, these cars I fit into. We even fit in the rear seats. Uh, the styling is very kind of minimalist, uh, but it's it's definitely you know an evolution, not a revolution. Yeah. But I immediately was like, uh, you know, where can I find 30k and buy one of these? But I I, I wouldn't give it a total hit. Okay. And you know why? It's why? because so the G, the Golf and the GTI were always, or at least the Golf was about good value. Yeah. Right now it starts at 30k, and if you want to load the GTI up with options, you're looking at 35, 36, 37k. It's already getting pricey. They do have more power, though. Uh, the GTI has about 241 horsepower, and the R has about 315. And then the R is 45 grand. You know, for 45 grand, I, I mean, you could potentially buy, you know, a lot of other vehicles too. You're getting like if you if you get you're getting like the four cylinder Supra price. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're approaching a certain, you which know... Might, which might, uh, you know, be... More higher performance. More higher performance, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So, I, I appreciate that they're doing this. They're bringing us the hottest hatches of them all. Uh, it's just... Look, uh, I'd be, look, it could be worse. It could be like, hey, we're going to bring the Golf, but not the GTI or the Golf. And then R. it would be bitching again. Yeah, then we'd be bitching, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, at least, hey, at least they're still available. I'm grateful for Volkswagen. I love them. Uh, you know, uh, I can't wait to drive them, Volkswagen. So, if, if you can get us behind the wheel, please, you know, you know my number. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and... Uh, uh, and the other thing about like the Golf R is, in, in the past, the Golf R in Europe and the Golf R here were very different. So they kind of kept the best in Europe, right? But now, at least the Volkswagen PR people were telling me that they're, they're about as close as possible. They're both made in Wolfsburg, which is where you know Volkswagen's headquartered. Mm -hmm. So they're German-made uh, uh, hot hatches, and yeah, I, I, I love them. I think it's time to switch to trucks. I think you're right. I think it yeah. is time to switch to trucks. So the first thing I wanted to talk about here before um, you know we go to like the lightning that we mentioned is the Ram lineup because Ram had several 2022 trucks, uh, 2022 model year trucks. Um, they had their new backcountry model, which is kind of a, a little bit better value four-wheel drive V8 truck, which is meant for overlanding and off-roading. Then they had their GT, which is their new kind of a little bit more higher performance. Uh, Ram Rebel or Ram Laramie It's kind of, it's kind of a TR, if you, you can look at it like a TRX without the Hellcat powertrain or the Bilstein shocks. Yes, and the wide body. And so the wide it's, body. it's kind of like almost the mid-step between the regular Ram and the full-on TRX. You get the same shifter, 
You get a lot of um, you, you get, get a performance air intake system, yeah. performance exhaust. You get your you know performance pages, all the you software. Th- you think people the, the the controversy for that one is a lot of other of our colleagues are saying you should never put the moniker GT onto a truck. True. Well, I I would agree. Excuse me, Andre. It's okay because um, that stands for Grand Tour, right? Yeah, and it has other, other connotations yeah. like challengers or you know dodges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, it's kind of a weird one. What would you call it? Uh, what other name could we come up for? A TR. Yeah, with with no X. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would call and, it. And that name, uh, you know, what I hoped the GT would be. What I hoped it would have the big the big Hemi, the six point four. Yeah, you know, and it's not. It's still a five point seven liter Hemi. So. Uh, I, I understand maybe why they're not putting the 6.4 liter, maybe because of fuel efficiency regulations or et cetera. Uh, but I really wished you could get the big V8 um, in this truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's one more. There's one more. There's a limited now. Their, their most luxurious truck is now the 10th anniversary of their limited uh, lineup of trucks. So they're celebrating it for 2022 with an additional, you know, these their interiors are amazing. And they're taking the limited Ram 1500 interior to the next level, well above, you know, the material quality is amazing and everything and the seats and the headliner. So there's a lot going on, but uh, no new engines, right? So uh, still the V6, still the V8, uh, still the eco diesel, uh, three liter uh, turbo diesel is still there. Uh, I specifically asked, are you, you know, changing your engine lineups? And they said no. Uh, they're introducing the new Uconnect 5 system, which is their infotainment system to the new truck. And actually, the back country is pretty interesting because it starts at about 41 grand. Yeah. And we're talking about a quad cab, four-wheel drive V8 truck. Dude, it's less expensive than the Golf R. Yeah, you true that. that. True that. Yeah. So hit or miss or, or something in between? Uh, uh, I would say in between. Yeah, I would have I loved... Agree. I would have loved to see either different engines or something else you, that pops. You know what would have popped? Like a power wagon with a Cummins. That would have popped the show. You you think, you know, with Ford putting basically a tremor package onto their uh, diesel Super Duties, that that, that would spur Ram, to, Ram do to do the same thing. But and no. You know what I asked? Do you have any heavy-duty news? Yeah. And I said, wait. Oh, so they said not at the show, but maybe sometime soon. So maybe, maybe, um, maybe they're cooking something still. Yeah, that's we'll, it, we'll have to figure that so out. I, I would love to see that. I think a lot of people have been asking for that forever. Uh, so let's talk about the showstopper. Yes, what is it? I think the showstopper was the Lightning, the EV truck. But before yeah. we talk about the showstopper, I think the one that a lot of people are like really curious about because it's affordable, of course, is the new Maverick. So let's talk about the Maverick. Uh, they had the first edition there, yeah, which uh, is basically a truck that is unibody, uh, built on the uh, Ford Bronco slash Escape Bron- platform. Bronco Sport, yeah. yeah. Bronco Sports, right? Bronco, Bronco Sport. Bronco, yeah, platform. We have yeah. to be very, very precise. So it's and like it's like it's like an extended Bronco Sport slash Escape, escape platform, yeah. uh, and it's a compact truck. And for some reason, when I was reviewing it, I was blue. I'm not quite I, sure why. Well, he, you weren't sad, Andre. People <laughs> are listening to this. You were badly lit. <laughs> well, we were in the Ford booth, and they had every blue light was focused on this area, so I looked really blue. Yeah, yeah. So what, let's start with that. Uh, you know, it starts at nineteen thousand. 
uh, which is incredible. Yeah, and this is a hybrid we're talking about. This is the hybrid. Uh, there are two engine choices. Yeah, so let, let's just go down the line. Uh, it's a weird animal, right? Because it's kind of a crossover pickup truck or, or pickup with a hybrid powertrain with up to 40 mpg possible. It's front-wheel drive only. For some reason, they're not doing an all-wheel drive hybrid. And you can kind of see some of the video from the show uh, if you're watching this um, podcast. Yeah, now that you moved back, you're no longer blue. <laughs> now I'm better. <laughs> you're better, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy because, like... Oh, there's also a two-liter turbo. Yeah, this is the craziest show, right? We're there, and all the Ford people are, like, taller than me. That was a crazy... Taller than Andre. So if you look, the guy who was the product manager for the yes, Maverick... Trevor was, Scott. ...was this really nice dude, and he's, like, 6'5". Yes. And then the product <laughs> manager for the lighting is this British dude. 6'5". Six 6'5", five. Six five, yeah. And so... The, the coolest part about this video is all three of us cram ourselves into the Maverick. 6'2", 6'3", 6'5". And we all fit. And we all fit, yeah. So <laughs> you would think that like the last thing that a compact truck would have is room for three you know, tall guys. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was I, amazing. Yeah. You think we exceeded the, 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 the payload? No, no. I think we're okay. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think it's about 1,500 pounds. Oh, I hope okay. three of us did okay. not weigh 1,500 pounds. Thank God Nathan wasn't there. <laughs> and Tommy in the back on the mountain bike. <laughs> wow. Anyway, but everybody was kind of losing their you know, their minds. They wanted to see I, the I, first I wasn't, tr- I wasn't trying to make fun of Nathan's weight. I was just I was like one more person, Nathan. and Nathan was the next one that came. I, I, if that, sorry, Nathan. I didn't mean to make fun of you. I, that wasn't my intent. I just thought it would be... Funny Nathan to have one more will get back at you, Roman. He will eventually. get back at me. Yes. Yeah. Even though I didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> fix a, it in post. It's okay. <laughs> fix it in post. Um, so everybody really wanted to see the first edition, which I thought originally was going to be like the loaded model, you know, with a turbo engine and all-wheel drive. Apparently, you can get a first edition in a hybrid for about thirty-two grand. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually approachable, uh, om, you know, pretty affordable. For thirty-two grand, you're getting a thing with a bed, four, you know, four doors, five uh, seating for five. So, so yeah. when you say affordable and gettable, um, actually, the GTI and the Golf R are coming out next quarter. Yes, fourth quarter, uh, and so is this. This is supposed to be. Yeah, this is supposed quarter. to be available yeah. by the end of this year. Yeah, same so, thing. So it's gettable, unlike. You know, like the Rivian. <laughs> which, which keeps you, being delayed. Which just got delayed again yeah. until September. Uh, and, of course, unlike the Lightning, which won't be probably till sometime next year. In the spring or summer. Yeah. yeah. So, But this is actually, this is like like out of the, you know, the hottest vehicles out there. Bronco, which was gettable until they stopped production. Yeah. Hopefully they'll bring it back. Uh, then, of course, this is hopefully gettable if they actually, you know, build it. The Rivian supposedly September, but it was supposed to come out in... 2019. So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the Lightning next year, sometime. Right. So there are all these hot vehicles that you know are quote Not unquote gettable, gettable, and people have put money down. I wonder how long before like people get really sick and tired of like waiting for their dream vehicle, and, and that includes the Cybertruck, right? So uh, Mr. Musk uh, this week tweeted that he hopes to have some like prototypes running around by the end of the year, and that it's going to be very much like. Uh, the prototype. So we all speculated that they couldn't build it like that that, that light that goes all the way across. That's illegal. Right. You can't do that. Uh, so we shall see. But I, I, I don't know about you, dude, but I'm getting dude. very tired of uh, all the hype and none of the actual. I, I think Tesla is even further behind because Rivian's, you know, they've been running, the prototype's been running for months or years. 
You know, uh, you guys, the viewer, you guys who watch uh, channels, you guys are sending us images of Rivian trucks all over the country, California, New York, everywhere. I haven't seen a single Tesla prototype. So I'll break the news here. You'll see the video pretty soon. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we just uh, basically sold our Model Y. And so the Ooh. idea... Model yeah, okay. Y, okay. which was, you know, we sold it for, we bought it for basically $64,000, right? And the idea was we would take that money and roll it into another vehicle, uh, one of the hot ones. So uh, in my my head, in the perfect world, I thought, well, we'll get a Bronco. Um, that doesn't look like it's going to happen, unfortunately. No. Uh, then I thought, well, we'll get a Rivian. That's not happening. That's not happening. Uh, Cybertruck's not happening. Uh, you know, Tundra's not happening. Tundra's not happening. I mean, Tundra's supposed to be here by December, Right. right. Uh, and it's not like, uh, you know, it, we, we were weird because, first of all, we don't need a car, so we're not like you in that regard. We can just put the money in the bank and wait for it to come around. But unfortunately, our business is based cars. on cars and on, trucks and reviewing, in, in, you know, uh, the lightest and the hottest new cars. And so, you know, we don't want to put that money in the bank because it's not actually, it's, it's losing money. You're not getting any interest on it. Whereas if we buy a new vehicle and then we can create videos around it. So we ended up buying, and I know this is going to be probably shocking to some, but it's a car that I, I kind of fell in love with. And sometimes it's not about, you know, what's the hottest car out there, but what's the most interesting car that I like. And it's going to be the, the new Mini um, Electric. The SE. The, the SE, the, which is a new. It's actually, it's two years old now. But it, <laughs> it was gettable. Uh, yes. And uh, Tommy and I are flying uh, down to Albuquerque. We found one in Albuquerque, and we're going to try to road trip it back. And it's got, get this, they increased the range from 110 to 114 for 2022. Who increased it? The government? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, well, so I wish I, you the best of luck. So I wish I could announce here that we're buying a Tundra, a Cybertruck, a Rivian, <laughs> a Bronco, a Maverick. But none of that is true. As far as I could tell, all that is unobtainium. Yeah. <laughs> even for, and think about that, Andre. It's even unobtainium for us. So I was talking to Ford and I said, hey, this is what we do, guys. You know, we go to the manufacturers and we say we would love to make your truck car famous, right? Give us the opportunity to buy one, you know, and I, I know I'm asking to be put in the head of the line, but then, yes. you know, most people don't have over a million subscribers on their car channel and like 30 million views every month, right? Right. So, you know, the thinking is, you know, we'll take it for a year, we'll do like stuff that most people probably won't be able to do with it, which is directly compare, let's say it's a Bronco, you know, to the Wrangler, to the Defender. Take it to Moab. We'll take, take it, it to, to Moab, Moab. Yeah. you know, we'll MPG it, we'll tow with it, right? Stuff that most owner, most owners will do here are the top five things I love about it and hate about it. But we can certainly go much deeper, and then we can do a thorough review of it. You know, put numbers, not just not just impressions, but numbers to those impressions. And so I can open the door, uh, and then uh, you know, Ford was like, "Well, every one of them is spoken for," uh, and that's all I can do. I can be like, I can open the door. You know, I can we could, we could probably make that the most if it's a Bronco Ford. If you're listening, we could probably make that the most famous Bronco you've ever built. I think that's fair. Like five million views, probably oh, yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I like the GT. We won't put it in our garage. <laughs> we'll be using it, or and we won't tell it, you know, to flip it. You know, we'll keep it for a year, uh, and we'll do a thorough review of it. But that's all, that's all we can do. Um, and you know, I think by bringing uh, th these vehicles and putting all this effort into the review and you know all this video production. Maybe maybe that's worth you know putting us at the front of the line. I guess that's up to you, but but at this point, you know we're going to be doing a mini SE and review, and I'm super excited. Yeah, thank you, BMW. And by the way, we usually make the same offer to all manufacturers. Uh, all manufacturers, yeah, yeah, not just Ford. You know, we we are talking to Toyota, we're talking to Nissan and um, Hyundai. Yeah, right? 
So, so yeah, it's not just, you know, we're focused on one thing, like the Broncos. And I ho- I'm hoping, actually, that there might be a Santa Cruz in our future. I'm, I'm hoping. Once again, I, I, you know, I don't want to say it because you, until it's here at the studios, right. w- you know, things can go. But, but maybe, there, you know, I'd love to do a long-term review on, a, on at least a Santa Cruz, if not some other off-roady vehicles. Uh, because, once again, you know, the amount of audience and the amount of production we put into it is spectacularly high. So anyway, so let's talk about let's go back to the Maverick. That's enough of my self indulgence. Okay, um, well, I was impressed by it, Andre. I was super impressed. You know, I thought there were a lot of clever features. Uh, I, I was amazed that we could all fit in it. There's that like water bottle holder that holds a liter bottle of water. Yeah, the um, doors are kind of clever. The doors are clever. Yeah. It's you know it's 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 a good looking truck. It looks like a trucky version of a Bronco Sport. Would you say is that right? Yeah, I would I would I would agree. The four uh, foot bed, which is pretty standard. Four and a half. Four and a half foot. Yeah, yeah. And you could, you know, you could put a mountain bike in there. If you open the tailgate, you could probably do a dirt bike. Yeah. Towing capacity, 4,000, right? For the yeah, not a lot. But not a lot, But if no. you need more, you would buy a Ranger yeah. or something else, right? Yeah, you'd do a Ranger. So, so, yeah, I was also very impressed. Yeah, some materials are maybe not the best, and you keep, know. Keep in mind, we were sitting in the nicest, most expensive. Yeah, that one was about 36,000. Yeah, we were in the yeah. first edition. That, that had all the bells and whistles. Yeah. It was uh, a Lariat, yeah. uh, turbo, all-wheel drive, yeah, all the all everything. Yeah, so you know, I, I'm sure the nineteen thousand dollar one will be a little bit more uh, Steelies. Yeah, plain Jane Steelies, <laughs> which yeah. is fine though. I would yeah. love that. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we've been buying these vehicles. We've been trying to buy everything you need, nothing you don't. Right. So, so a Maverick on Steelies would be perfect. But by the way, that went out the door with the, the Mini. What? Everything you need, oh. nothing you don't. Oh, well, but but you didn't have a choice. I had no choice. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they said, you can buy a base electric Mini or the one with a lot of options. Oh, it, dude, was just, it was just the one with it, options. It's been, you know, the other thing I've noticed, and this is a whole other show, so I won't go too far into it, but trying to buy vehicles now, uh, a lot of dealers are taking this time to, to bring out the worst in them, right? The worst instincts. You know, dealers, I'll just give you one example. I was trying to buy a Mini out of California, um, from a dealer in Orange County, I believe, uh, and I said, I'll pay you a sticker. I understand these things are hard to get. Uh, and then they sent me the sticker, and they had included $1,000, Andre, for low jack and some film protection. And I'm like, I don't want a low jack. You know what a low jack is? It's, it's like... It's a monitor, basically. It's like, it's an Apple tile, and I think the Apple tile is actually better because every time you drive or walk by an iPhone, it knows where you are. So you take a little $25 tile, hide it in your vehicle somewhere, you know. And, and the other problem with a low jack is, first of all, police don't track stolen cars. All right, they'd be like, yeah, don't you have insurance? Mm-hmm. It's not worth our time. So I'm like, I don't want that. And they're like, oh, it's too bad. It's already in there. And they wanted a thousand bucks for that. And it just makes you feel, it just, you know, I, I got to be honest. Every time I pick up the phone and call a dealer, I'm, I'm just, just dreading it. You know, it's just, I'm just dreading it because of stuff like this, right? You go to the Apple store and it'd be like going to the Apple store and, and, and the Apple guy is saying, um, yeah, we've got this iPhone for 1000 but it's going to cost you 1100 because uh, we've got a Hello Kitty phone protector on there. And you're like, hey, can you take it off? No, sorry. $1,100, you got to have the Hello Kitty phone protector. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Uh, and it, it's so like, it, it, it makes you feel stupid and it makes you depressed and it makes the buying experience so un, unnecessarily stressful. Uh, and, and especially now with, you know... Um, so much hunger for new cars and so little demand, a lot of dealers are taking advantage of it and it's bringing out the worst in dealers. I'm sure there are other dealers that it's bringing out the best in. Uh, like well, Johnson's, we know we some know, of them. We know yeah. some of them, you know, yeah. uh, that, that are actually doing well with it. But, yeah, it's, um, it's just been a very, 
And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. You know, if you're watching this or if you're listening to it, uh, go on to the YouTube channel, uh, TFL Talk, and let me know in the comments below your experiences with buying a new car, if you've bought one in the last month or two. Yeah. If, maybe it's been, if, you know, better yet, you know, I, I don't want to shame bad dealers. I, we, <laughs> don't name them. Don't na- no, I don't, actually, I want the opposite. Give me the good dealers you've worked with. That, that have been excellent because this is where you know separate the wheat from the chaff. Let us know, let us know by name the dealers that have been like you know fair and honest and have actually worked with you to try and to open. get you yeah. and open where you don't feel like you're going into combat when you're going to buy a new vehicle. Anyway, enough of that rant. That's so good. so That's let's good. let's jump to the lightning. I think that was the I think that was the showstopper on the truck side. I think so. And a lot of journalists were just drawn to it. A lot of us, you know, like me included. We haven't actually seen it in person, right? Yeah, Until it was the first then. time was with hands-on. Uh, yeah, hands-on, and um, its mouth was open. So its frunk was always open, and it was hungry. It's a great idea, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh, Han did it at first with their, you know, in-bed trunk. Yeah. But I've always always had that issue. How do you safely store, like, luggage in a truck if you've got four people and you've got all their luggage, right? And, and your you, bed is open. And your bed is open. Yeah. Is stuff either going to get stolen or what? Or both? Yes. And the frunk is perfect because there's no engine, right? Yeah. So, and by the way, this is Darren from Ford. I'm showing you uh, the video. He's, he was like 6'8". <laughs> <laughs> really Look, cool British dude. He's the head he's, of Ford's electrification. Yeah, but he's taller than the open frunk. I know, I know. He's, he's way up there. Yeah, he said he's going to be driving one pretty soon. I was jealous. I was too. Yeah. I was too. Anyway, so this truck, well, first of all, the, why is this significant, right? So this is an electric truck. Uh, that Ford, you know, wants to actually, well, they're saying that it's going to be produced next year in about springtime and on sale soon after that. And it, it will start right under 40 grand. I think that's a feat, you know, in itself. Yeah. That price looks unbelievable. And if the, I, if the government, you know, keeps the current, well, Ford's burning through their credits, right? Because it's like yeah. But there's talk of the administration increasing that to like 12 again. Uh, but at the current state in Colorado, you basically get, I think, two and a half state, and if you qualify, and seven and a half federal. So a thirty-nine thousand dollar truck becomes a twenty-nine thousand dollar truck. Dude, you can't buy a twenty-nine thousand dollar truck. No. You can't. And, and this is four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive. Right. Four-door. Four-door. Yeah. So this is uh, pretty impressive. I know there will not be many of those. Yes, right? of course. Um, if you were able to order, or if you can order a base Lightning. Uh, good on you because most of them at the dealerships will probably be loaded, right? Uh, full featured, and the maximum price on a full platinum Lightning is about ninety grand, which is expensive. But you'll have all the features, right? Uh, you know, the self-driving, semi-autonomous driving, the panoramic roofs, the reclining seats, you know, the smart hitch, and everything else, and, in, and even five hundred sixty-three horsepower. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh no um, no issues with, like, um, a difference. I, I, I was really surprised by how similar it was to the, your F-150, Andre. Yeah. I thought that they would make it very different inside. But basically, if you're used to the current F-150, you will not uh, in any way be surprised by this one. And unlike yours, right, uh, yours has, what, a 7.2 kilowatt uh Inverter Inver- generator, yes. In the back, but yes. this one also has another one in the front. Yes, yeah, so it has. It still has a 7.2, yeah. and then a 2.4 additional one in the front. Yeah, and, and there yeah. was a little bit of marketing mumbo-jumbo going on, so I was talking to him, and he was, you know, 
there's this misconception out there, and we try this, so we know this from firsthand, that you can like take an electric car, or in this case, a truck, and just plug your house into it. So if you're in Texas and your house dies, you can just drive up with a fully charged truck, and it doesn't work that way, right? You have to have a special fuse box. It's very expensive. Uh, and uh, I tried to do it at my house because I was working with Honda at the time, so I wanted to be able to like see if I could plug a generator into my house. So that power it. Power. Yeah, yeah it, because of the location of my fuse box, right, uh, it would have cost several, if not more, thousands of dollars to make it capable of actually being able to take off-grid electricity. Uh, because it's not, you, your house is on the grid and you can't just like, hey, I'm going to plug in something. Yank it off the grid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very, and Ford said that they work, they're partnered with a company where you can actually work with them and get that done. Yeah, they're actually going to sell you an additional like box, right, right. for your house. But, but I, so, Honda, so to be able to do it. Thank you, Honda, actually sent me that box, which was $1,200. Uh-huh. And then I called, not not a residential electrician, but a commercial electrician in. And they said, where's your box? And I said, it's in the basement. And they said, we're going to have to run a wire from the basement to the point where the the electricity comes into your house. And just doing, imagine that. How do you run Digging or something or whatever? I I don't know. Drilling into your home. Yeah, how do you run a wire from my basement all the way? So imagine like, you know, uh, here, here is where the box comes into the house. Here is the other side of my house. And here is the basement. So, you, you know, it's exactly on the other side of my house, and there's got to be some wire. So it's got to be a box in the basement, and there's got to be a wire that comes back to the garage, and then there's got to be another box basically there. It's, it's not simple, Andre. Uh, some houses it may be simple, but it is not like trying to – like you've got you, – uh, I can't even install a level 2 charger in yeah, the because, Yeah, same problem. Yeah, right? because uh, I called an electrician. I wanted level 2 charging, you know, 240 volt. And he came over and he said, $3,000, please. Yeah. I said, what? Yeah, that should be like 500 bucks. And he said, well, your, your fuse box is full. So I need to create another fuse box for you and then do something the else. Same thing happened in our offices. Yeah. It was for us. And luckily, we've got these empty ceilings, right? So you can run the wire above the ceilings, right? They're just, there's nothing above them. It's just a drop ceiling. But they had, to, they had to put in a whole other fuse box. And then this time, they could actually run the wire to where we needed the charger in the garage. And because we have drop ceilings, we didn't have to, like, go through walls and studs and plumbing and, you know, all the usual stuff. So, so it's not simple. It's not simple. You know what I'm hoping? Because there's still a lot of new homes being built, even in Colorado and other places. I'm hoping that the new builds, you know, the homes that are built right now, are actually with this in mind. I mean, are actually built with this. I mean, like Solar City, right, which Tesla bought, where you actually. Right. So, if we're talking about that, let's just kind of take one quick <laughs> detour. One, one quick detour, right? So now there's this controversy going on, whether because the, you know we need to expand the grid because electric cars are coming, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a controversy. Uh, basically between how do you go about that. And there's two ways you could do it, right? You could run, and it takes a long time. It takes like five years to run bigger cables between the electrical source and where it's going, right? Mm-hmm. So you could, you, could, you could basically make the grid more robust, increase the capacity of the grid. Or the other way you could do it is you could localize the grid, so, which is what Tesla's trying to do. So instead of actually, you know, when you come home, instead of plugging the car into your house, you could put solar panels on your house, put a battery in your house, and then your house becomes self-sufficient that yeah, way, yeah. and the battery can power your house, or it can charge your car, and then you don't need to expand the grid because your house is basically micro, micro mi- plant. Yeah, it's yeah. a little micro grid of its own. Yeah. Uh, so that that's the controversy that's happening right now. I think it's probably have to be both of those, but but it's not simple. It's going to take time, uh, and it's not like when people tell you, hey, you can plug your house into this. You could probably plug your coffee maker into it. 
or maybe your refrigerator. So if your power goes out, you might be able to like keep your refrigerator just by and running some an extension heaters, cord. Maybe. And maybe uh, some, uh, some portable heaters. Space heaters, yeah. yeah. But your house, it's going to be a whole world of, of pain. Yeah, so, so it was a bit of a showstopper. You know, it, it was always had a journalist in it, you know, when we were there, and everybody was really curious about it. Uh, but, the, you know, the jury is kind of still out until we drive it, until we tow with it, because they, they said it will predict, you know, depending on the trailer you yeah, have. That was interesting. Yeah, so I asked them, yeah. you know, we tried to tow with our Tesla, and basically you had 300 miles of range, and we were towing a light trailer, 3,000 pounds, wasn't it? Three well, and a half thousand. Fi- well, we did it twice, once yeah. with a 5,000 and another one with like a light 2,000-pound trailer. Yeah, basically, we went from 300 miles of range in the Tesla Model X, which has a 5,000-pound towing capacity, to 100. So you cut it down by two-thirds. Yes. And I think Ford knows that. I think it's the same thing. And I said, how do you – so, oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> how do you help people who want to tow – deal with that problem and they said what we're doing is we're taking into account uh, exactly what kind of a trailer you're towing and the topography that you're towing at so we're going to give you very precise and exact range numbers so that you'll know how far you can tow with whatever you have before you run out which is grand but it doesn't help you charging it doesn't help you there's two issues when you start to charge number one the biggest issue is tesla has is the only one right now that actually has chargers that are set up for people towing right so you don't block a whole row of chargers when you pull into it it's got to be the the charger has to face a different way so you can can drive through it so you can drive through it yeah yeah yeah. so you don't park into it yeah (laughs) which you can't do and and even if you solve that problem which is you know not right now not being solved you also have this problem because you know, we, we were talking about how far usually you want to charge an electric car, which is 80%, because the last 20% takes five times as long. But if you're towing, you're going to want 100%, so it's not like you put the pump in and that hose, you know, stays the same size yeah. all the way until your tank is full, right? What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to go to 100%, and that makes that that quick charging almost impossible. And now you're looking at, that's when we tried towing with the Tesla, we basically came to the conclusion that we would have to drive two hours and charge an hour. Drive two hours, charge an hour. And it turned a 17-hour trip from here to this expo we were going to in uh, Oregon into a 27-hour trip. Yeah, and becomes undoable. It's undoable. And, uh, yeah. Who would and do that? Who, no one's going to do that. So so I think this, the, the real answer is that this is not the end-all solution. No. So this is a truck that's an option for somebody who doesn't go long distance. Maybe they drive around the city. Uh, maybe it's actually a utility uh, truck, right, for somebody as well, because they can do work from it and with it. So it's you know it's not going to replace every other truck on the road. Uh, there's no way. And then, and then there's the other thing. So you know there's been this great rush of people putting down deposits. I think Ford has over a hundred thousand on the Lightning. Uh, Tesla has over a million on the Cybertruck, yeah. right? But th- to me, the big question that nobody's been able to answer is. Most people in America don't live in the country, right? We live in cities. Yes. And most people live in big cities, right? So Chicago is one of them. Yeah, Chicagoland, which sounds weird unless you're from there, uh, has a population, I think, of about 10 million, right? Just a Chicago, just Chicago kind of greater area. area. Yeah. Colorado has five, right? So, you know, we have half the number of people <laughs> in the entire state. But most people live in Chicagoland. How do you park? You cannot. There's, we were driving around in Chicagoland, and every... Hundredth vehicle was a truck because where do you park it? You you cannot you you can't park it in a garage, 
you probably have a hard time parking it in a parking structure. And, and you I, have no driveways. Most people don't have driveways. You don't have driveways. I, I don't know how, yeah. how you solve that conundrum. Uh, the, the Maverick may solve it. The Maverick you can certainly park, or the Santa Cruz in a garage. You know, I could see that being a very urban kind of vehicle. But I don't know how you, so, so, you know, so I don't know how many of those 1.1 million people have put down deposits on the Lightning, which is basically, it's, a, it's an F-150. It's, you know, it's a full-size truck. Yeah. Uh, and Andre, I've been in the Cybertruck. I stood next to it. It's bigger than an F-150. It, really? It's bigger. I think, I think at least road presence-wise, it certainly looks bigger. Uh, uh, and so I, I, I don't know where all those people are going are gonna to park these things. So I'm, my, get, my best guess right now is a lot of people are super excited. When they finally do come out, I think you know, there'll be a huge rush for the first six months, and then there'll be a lot of them on used car lots or truck lots because yeah. people will figure out that, you know, they can't, they can't live with it. It's not maneuverable enough. It doesn't do what they want, basically. Yeah. Or they can't use it. Or, uh, yeah, or they can't live with it. I hope, it, I'm hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see where, you, where most of the population lives, where these things, you know. Well, and, and if you live in Texas where one out of four pickups is sold, you're, th- that's a work truck down there, right? A lot, well, a lot of people are using them as family trucksters, but let's say you live in Texas and you're using it as a work truck. Uh, if you can charge it at home, then you're golden. You're fine. I think that's going to be golden. Uh, but if you need to tow with it, uh, we haven't solved that issue yet. Uh, and if you need to tow heavy, we got an email, I think, today where somebody was asking us whether they could hook up a fifth wheel uh, to the uh, to the Cybertruck? To the Lightning. Oh, to the Lightning. And I'm thinking to I, myself, I, I, I I'm not recommend sure, that. I'm not sure it's going to be very well, efficient towing bumper pull. I, I don't know how you pull. Let's say, what's the towing capacity, 10? 10,000 maximum, yeah. Yeah, so let's say you, you want to go and MacGyver a fifth wheel. You could. You could. You could. And you, and you stick a 9,000 pound. You will not, you're not going to go very far. How far are you going to go, even with the big battery? 50 miles? And how are you going to charge miles? it? Yeah. Anyway, no, I don't, I don't think we've solved all the problems. Definitely not. And, and I hate to end on a negative note, but there's one more miss. Yeah, what, what's that? I, I think, you know, the one that, that was kind of disappointing was that, you know, GM did not have uh, the Hummer there. I was very looking forward to that. Well, James C. Hummer was not there. Yeah. And also they uh, made some news that it, morning. It was the weirdest thing. We get, we get to the show and we're ready to go and GM... Uh, has news to share with us and, and i'm like hey that's great we're here let's, let's go, go film it let's go film it what was the news and tell them what happened so for 2022 they announced the chevy colorado trail boss which is basically Big kind news. of a z71 yeah. with a, a little bit of extra stuff yeah uh, yeah a, a suspension lift uh wheels and tires uh, really interesting and they sent us exactly how many pictures three three and the truck wasn't and the there. truck was not there so so we hope to bring you that truck soon um, in in real life, but it was not. Uh, it's not there. So I, I, you know, I think we're being hard on a lot of these manufacturers. I think they're all struggling with the chip shortage. Yes. And with supply chain shortages. So, but, so yeah. It's, by it's, the way, a lot of the trucks I saw at the show or vehicles. Period. You know, some of them had small issues. You know, like they were rushed. Yeah. Just to be there, right? Yeah. So it's you know it's no joke. So guys, we understand it's easy to sit where me and Andre are sitting, <laughs> and and you know the the world has changed in a very important way. But you know one of the things I think one of the greatest ways, and we try never to do this, even though I'm sure we also do it, is to disappoint people is to overpromise and to underperform. And I kind of I feel like the manufacturers might be better off just to be like, hey guys, you know we're really working hard, but it's really super hard with you know, supply chain issues right now, but they're promising a lot, right? So they've got, and in the past, when they promised this stuff, they would build it. 
and on time. And on time. But, yeah. you know, like I said, Rivian said the uh, truck was going to come out in 2019. Then June, then July, now September. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I, guess, I, I think there's, a, there's an exasperation and a frustration that's building out there among uh, uh, consumers. And I don't know how that ends. I don't know where that leads to. Uh, maybe people will just, you know, keep their vehicles longer. Uh, or maybe they, you know, maybe for the first time, if you're a Chevy guy, you'll switch to Ford. Or if you're a Ford guy, you'll switch to Ram. I, I don't know. Or maybe whoever can actually build the trucks that they're promising will end up with the lion's share of, you know, the new truck sales. But but uh, it's it's it, it, we live in interesting times. I don't know where this will end, Andre. Yeah, it's a different game, definitely. It's no longer about, you know, how much you can tow, but whether you can build the truck. Yeah. So right? Yeah. If you build a truck, people will buy it. And, I'm, and you know, of course, we're talking about these new hot trucks everybody's, you know, super excited about. But if you go to your local dealership, right, dealerships that on average had, let's say, these mega dealerships had five, 600 trucks on the lot, maybe now have 50. Or 25. Or 25. Or 30. Yeah. 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 And uh, like our local Jeep dealer, this is very regional, uh, you know, for the longest time, all they had basically was like uh, gladiators. Right, Wranglers no were Wranglers. gone, yeah. Grand Cherokees were gone. I drove by today, they had three Gladiators left. Even that is going down. Even that's going down. That's because a Gladiator is a very expensive truck. Yes. So anyway, there thank you, you for watching. I hope if you enjoyed the show, let us know if you, if you had some great dealer experiences. We wanna, we wanna really try to promote good dealerships, so we'd be happy to highlight all the great dealership experiences that you've had in the comments so that we know where to go to buy those trucks when they actually hit the dealership. And cars. And cars. All right, yeah. thanks. See you guys next time. Ciao. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.